I think a lot of the burnout that I'm experiencing right now is is not as related to having a busy schedule. A lot of people think that burnout is just that your calendar is too full and you need to take a, a vacation day. And, and that can be true. There are certainly seasons where it's very busy. You take a vacation day or you, you take a holiday, you come back and you're refreshed and you're good to go again, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's very different than the, the burnout where you're trying to shift your identity from being an entrepreneur to being a, a husband and a father. Um, mm-hmm. And shift your identity from being a successful CEO to being uh, a good person to and a good friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. like th- th- those are very, very different things that take long periods of time to transition with. And, and it's not something that a, a quick holiday to the beach will, will solve for. After a decade of leading teams in the tech industry, mentoring and developing people, observing professionals go through various stages in their career growth, Having lived through a few burnouts personally and seen others feeling empty and unfulfilled despite professional success, I'm curious to interview some of the most happy and fulfilled people in the tech world that I have met over the years to learn about what it is that drives their sense of joy and happiness. My name is Kirilla Bajer and this is Happy Tech, a podcast about how to be happy in the tech industry. Okay, so here we are. Uh, hi, Jonathan. It's so good to have you. Thank you for joining me today. And would you mind uh, just um, um, introducing yourself and uh, sharing a little bit of your uh, tech background? Hi, Kirill. Thanks for having me. I would be happy to. Uh, I am a long-term entrepreneur and technologist starting my career at the start of the dot-com burst. I, I was able to See firsthand right. how how not to run a startup company. I okay. was part of a company where the founder was a Harvard graduate that got a bunch of money from his rich friends and raised four million dollars to spend it as quickly as he could without ever turning out a product or a profit. And it was wow. it, it was a great idea. It was, it was a precursor to what is now Google Docs and Google Drive. But at the mm. time, the, the technology didn't support it, and he didn't have the right team or process or strategy to execute. And that was my introduction into the technology market. And, and I'm still owed a paycheck from that firm t- today, now <laughs> over 25 years later. But uh, th- So that was my introduction into the, the tech space. Wow, I, I I never knew that about you. <laughs> yeah. For sharing that. That's quite quite a wild story. It, it, it gave me appreciation for how to correctly run uh, an organization, and I went on to work at a nonprofit organization, and then multiple advertising agencies and web development technology shops uh, until 2007, when we had the opportunity to start Creed. Mm-hmm. I w- was recently, previous to that, working at a technology firm that was in the process of really trying to amp up their sales. They were mm-hmm. trying to get sold and increasing their valuation by taking on any sales they possibly could. Their team was backed up for four months, and wow. they were telling me to sell work that needed to be done even sooner than that, wow. knowing that we wouldn't deliver. I had an ethical dilemma where I was like, how can I ethically promise that this work will be done when I know it won't be? And sure. I ended up 
quitting for ethical reasons right at the spot. So that was right after the housing bust. So I guess I have some sort of tendency to make major life changes right after on the heels of major economic collapses in the United yeah. States here. <laughs> but um, we, we decided to start creed because the word creed means a set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. It gave us a chance to live up to these beliefs. And I was nervous in starting a new organization that I would fall back to old patterns. Just when mm-hmm. things are stressful, like, like a new company is, a lot of times you go back to behavior that you're used to, whether it's good behavior or bad behavior. And I had seen enough negative things in other agencies that I really wanted to create something new. Mm. And naming the company Creed gave us a chance to draw a line in the sand and say, this is who we are. This is what we stand for and what we believe in and have some values that were unchangeable. Mm -hmm. It gave us a chance to come up with our, our core values of Creed, which are to be wholehearted in what we do and to serve other people. Mm-hmm. That co- that combination created an all-in team that was really passionate about the work that we do. That was outward focused, that had a lot of energy and investment in our work. And mm-hmm. we started from our basement and grew and grew and grew until uh, we recently sold the company here two and a half years ago to a division of Delta Dental Insurance. So we've mm-hmm. been on the full entrepreneurial roller coaster from start to exit here wow. as a, as an agency. So that's a little bit of my ba- background. Wow, that's exciting. I mean, definitely sounds like you've seen and and been through it all. Um, (laughs) That's for sure. And so, you know, especially with with such a diverse background, you know, and and having lived through all of those different seasons and and periods of of life and of your tech company, um, what do you like most uh, about working in tech? For me, being an entrepreneur, being in technology is all about being able to create. I am an individual that was created to create. And when I look at the, the beauty of creation around me, just the intricate design of nature, of wildlife, of the space and planets and the intelligent design behind it all, I, I just feel like I am created to also be able to create in my own way. And the things that that I enjoy creating are things both in technology and in business that don't exist. The the field of technology is moving so quickly that there's always the ability to create something new. That ability creates is what is inspiring to me and and why the field of technology is so, so exciting to be in. Wow. And that's interesting. So you love tech industry because you love to create. That's awesome. And actually a little bit uh, surprising, not the sort of answer I uh, I would expect, but certainly makes perfect sense. And uh, where else as not in technology, um, you can create such different things in, in a very short time uh, with sometimes very limited skill set, right? Uh, you know, that's what, what makes the tech world so uh, different from all the other is uh, is uh, the ability to create uh, something fast and um, uh, with not a lot of knowledge sometimes. That's pretty cool. And so what do you do to maintain your level of inspiration and happiness in your work, especially when, when you go through those different times and when it's not only about creating um, and, you know, the fun parts of it? What about the other times? Yeah, the interesting thing about creating something is, is once it's created, then someone has to maintain it, whether it's a, a product or a team or a, 
technology stack or a tech solution, there's always a maintenance phase. There's always a scaling phase. There's always implementation that needs to happen. So you're correct. It's not all about creation. The loop that I found myself you alluded to in is that if I'm able to create these teams, these companies, these te technology solutions, only to then be tied up to maintain and implement and scale the very thing that I created that 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 ties my hands from being able to create further. Mm -hmm. So this has been a, a constant cycle and a constant trap that I've fallen into. <laughs> so during those times of implementation and maintenance, I need to find other areas to that I feel like I can stay alive in and create in. One really easy thing to do is, is tr do a lot of reading. I can always mm -hmm. be creating in my mind by interacting with authors that have created either different worlds or different ideas, different backgrounds. I can create my own fantasy reality and fantasy novels, or I can live my life through a biography. I can wrestle with intellectual thoughts through uh, a book about life or a book about different disciplines. And that helps keep my mind sharp and allows me to create in a very intellectual sense of the word. Another way to create is to be able to stay in a community of entrepreneurs. Here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, there's a great local set of, of different organizations that allow me to interact with entrepreneurs. So even if I'm not creating myself, I can vicariously create through someone else by hearing their story, giving them ideas or tips, being a sounding board for them, maybe being on an advisory board or an informal counselor of some sort and help them with their creations, if you will, come alongside of them. There's also abilities to invest either time or money into mm -hmm. some of these organizations as well. That, that has been really helpful. And, and then the, the rest would just be about maintaining a healthy life, whether it's eating mm -hmm. healthy, working out, taking retreats, having a Sabbath where one day each week I remove myself from work to be able to have the, the mental and physical space to be able to continue to create or spending time with family and friends. All of those things help maintain a healthy ability to create new things. Wow, that's pretty cool. So actually three things. Number one is uh, finding something else that inspires you, uh, like reading or you know whatever the, the case may be. I think it is important that, that you realize and, and you uh, kind of acknowledge that it is a necessary part of life that once you create, you know, it kind of moves on to a more boring phase when you have to maintain it, like, like you said, right? And so it's kind of very strategic how you've came up with these pretty much three different things that help you offset and have that balance when you are in this, you know, different phase when you're not really creating in your work, but it is a necessary part of work. So number one, you, you find something else that gives you the ability to create. Number two, you stay uh, engaged in a community of creative people and you whether observe what, what they do or you, um, you, you get involved with them or whatever the case may be. And number three, it, maintaining healthy life yeah, I can definitely see how that can contribute to helping maintain your positivity and inspiration and overall life uh, happiness. And so, uh, but moving on, um, you know, how about those really low places? So have you ever experienced a, a burnout? And if you have, what do you do now to avoid that? 
Yeah, great question. Very insightful. I'm in the midst of trying to deal with a massive burnout myself right now. So I, oh, you my. did not know that when you asked me that, that question. But yeah. uh, w- one of the interesting things about starting and creating a, a company, as you well know, from scratch is it takes a, a lot of energy. It takes a lot of emotional and mental energy to do that, to create that. Uh, you have a lot of personal responsibility for this idea that you have and its success. And it's very easy to invest dramatic amounts of both time and emotional energy, but also your identity can get wrapped up in that. The, mm-hmm. That this company or this product that you create can over time become part of you or be, can become all of you. And it's very hard to differentiate this business or this creation from yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that creates large problems over time uh, and contributes to burnout because it, your business will not always be going well. And if the business isn't going well and it becomes your identity, then all of a sudden you're not well. And there needs to be a healthy separation between your work and the very things that you're working on. Mm-hmm. And that's much easier said than done. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, in, in addition to that, in my situation, selling a company is also very stressful. In my case, it would be about a four-year process from start to finish of, wow. of st- starting the initiation of acquisition to doing the due diligence and s- negotiating all the different terms to closing the deal, to integrating the different teams together, to setting up new processes, fulfilling a contract period, and then ultimately launching the company to be successful without me. And mm-hmm. th- th- that was way underestimated for me in terms of the emotional mental energy to, to complete the, the acquisition was was an, uh, another marathon. If the, if the first marathon was creating the business, selling the company was the second marathon. And then right on his heels, implementing acquisition is a, a whole different process that it was a third marathon. So I'm on my, my third marathon back to back and just need need to have a break from that and need a, a, some rest and sabbatical. So I, I welcome input from others on ways that they've dealt with burnout because I'm in the midst of it and honestly have not been handling it super well. <laughs> First of all, I'm sorry that you know this is something that, that you go through. It's definitely uh, not fun um, and, and very serious, uh, right? Um, and yeah. um, at least it's understandable, right? You you had one after another, you know, these three different marathons that, that you mentioned, and uh, it, it just totally makes sense, you know, with, with all of that responsibility and and family as well. You have four kids, right? I do. Yep, I do. I have two, and you know they, they contribute to overall stress and pressures of of life and and stuff. And you know, uh, having twice as much as that, uh, I can only imagine. Is this kind of the worst that you've um, felt over the years, or do you recall a time when uh, the, you know you were also burned out, but it it wasn't to such a degree as it is right now? I think a lot of the burnout that I'm experiencing right now is is not as related to having a busy schedule. A lot of people think that burnout is just that your calendar is too full and you need to take a, a vacation day. And, and that can be true. There are certainly seasons where it's very busy. You take a vacation day or you, you take a holiday, you come back and you're refreshed and you're good to go again, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's very different than the, the burnout where you're trying to shift your identity from being an entrepreneur to being a, a husband and a father. Mm-hmm. Um, and shift your identity from being a successful CEO to being uh, a good person to, and a good friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. like th- th- those are very, very different 
things that take long periods of time to transition with. And, and it's not something that a, a quick haul. Um, in addition to that, uh, when you are, are responsible for things, but you can't control them, mm-hmm. it's a different type of stress, right? So mm-hmm. think about selling a company to new owners and, and feeling a responsibility to your clients and to your teams and to your the quality of your work, but then having other people that are ultimately in charge of that you still feel a responsibility, but not necessarily the ability to impact that in the same way. Mm-hmm. That that produces a, a stress that's different than just having one too many meetings that week. So I've been learning a lot about how to refocus on what I can control and who I am and how to let go of the things I can't control. I mean, it's, it's a constant battle and, and struggle, but when it's when it clearly isn't your company anymore, it, it becomes very clear very quickly that I've been placing too much value all the way along on these things that I did versus the relationships, the family, the friends, the things that make me happy uh, um, are easy to get lost in the process of that. Hmm. Wow. Well, it certainly sounds like you, uh, you know, what you're going through is you kind of are learning new depths of the burnout and what can contribute to it. It sounds like, you know, you experienced the burnouts before, but you mentioned this in your explanation, you know, those were things that you were able to deal with uh, by, you know, taking short breaks, uh, a day off or a trip to the beach or, you know, spending uh, recovery time with family or in nature, but uh, this is different. And um, it's interesting that you've identified this stress that you cannot control, you know, uh, that is caused by things that are way beyond your control and you're still responsible for for the ultimate result but you find yourself in a situation where you can't really do anything about it because it's beyond and i can definitely resonate with that um and uh, yeah i i often find myself trying to, <laughs> to balance and work with myself to you know to just like you said learn to let go of the things that you cannot control you know do not tie yourself very much into it you know don't mix that and work with your identity and and who you are remember what are the most important things in life you know friends family health um faith you know those things um and um so thank you for sharing that. And, and you mentioned that, you know, that's something that you, you're working on. Are, are you doing that alone? Are you just, you know, trying to, you know, figure it out on your own? Or do you work with a therapist? Or do you have like deep conversations with friends? Or do you read books? Like, what is the sort of method that, that you're, you're dealing with that? How are you processing through that? Yeah, great question. All of what you just described are things that I'm working on right now. So I'm, I am working with a therapist. I, I do have some friends. And, you know, it's really interesting that uh, I, uh, some of my friends that have also been in leadership roles have experienced very similar things. So having a community of individuals that understand the kinds of pressures that leaders in today's world face, particularly in technology or in other leadership positions in business, is very validating. You know, we don't always have solutions, but just to know that what I'm experiencing is makes sense and is in co- common for other leaders is helpful to make sure that I'm I don't, I'm not crazy, right? Like otherwise, yeah. you're stuck in your head and feel like why is this happening to me when uh, when you're able to be, validate that in a safe community is is very important. Um, also, having a strong faith and 
applying that to my situation has been helpful by reading books, by talking to others, by having people within my church and my greater community to, to speak into my life has also been very helpful during this time. And then really being open and vulnerable to, with family, uh, mm-hmm. particularly my, my wife and my kids, uh, has allowed me to experience them and interact with them in a, in a way that I haven't been able to before. And when you're mm-hmm. just running around from meeting to meeting all the time, you're not necessarily always paying attention to what's happening in the lives of those that you're closest to. But sure. taking some time and spending time with my grandfather or my parents th- that are all aging and uh, having a cup of coffee or bringing dessert over to their house it can be a very therapeutic thing to do as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've led teams and uh, you've been responsible for many people for you know many years. You may have seen other people go through a burnout. And what, what, just from your perspective, you know, because sometimes we have these blind spots, right? Sometimes we don't know uh, what we don't know about ourselves. And in fact, it is easier for the other person that, that sees us on a daily basis, especially when you're working side by side at the office with, with someone, you know, we see what the other person person may be missing. So from your experience, have you observed some of the things that, you know, some people might be just missing on that ultimately contribute to, to their burnout? Yeah, I think one of the lessons that I've learned here and, and one of the helpful things of starting a business with my wife, um, we, we started Creed together, is that she can observe me, she knows me better than anyone, and she can give me real-time feedback into how I'm doing. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think a lot of people that are successful in the business world or in athletics or in academics, they can become trapped by their own performance. If you are... If you, are successful and people view you as successful, all of a sudden you feel trapped by your success that you always have to perform at an extraordinary level and mm-hmm. that anything else that, other than that would let people down or that would people would cease to love you or want to interact with you or you'd fail them. And that's simply not true. What, what, I've, what I've learned is that by taking my foot off of performance and off of the, the gas pedal of, of success, has been that I've actually become more relatable to people. Uh, when you're more vulnerable, people are, can relate to that. They open up to you. There's a stronger connection instead of just coming off as a, a successful CEO or successful in the business world. Most people can't relate to that. Or if they can, they're, they're just trying to compete against you to have more success, which is a, a non-winning battle. You can never win that. And, and so just realizing that my, my worth and my identity is not based on what I can produce or how I can perform, but rather on who I am as an individual, that makes all the difference in the world. And that's something that I'm really working on right now um, on an ongoing basis because it's, it's very, very easy to get pulled into the trap, particularly in America, uh, mm-hmm. about uh, you know perform, success, uh, make more money, get more status. That, that's the American dream. And to mm-hmm. take a step back and say, a lot of people are miserable that have a lot. And, and to... Yeah say what is really truly important to me is a helpful exercise to have. Have you had a situation when, when you were younger that, that you felt that you're now, you, you are either burning out or maybe not, not even burned out, but you, you just feel this lack of fulfillment or you're just not happy uh, with mm-hmm. your work. And you, you've, you mentioned that you had this kind of 
a very profound moment when you, you were forced to do something that you didn't believe was right and so you quit. Apart from that, were there any other situations when you just found yourself not happy in, in your work and what would you do? Or maybe if if you had a chance right now to speak to your younger self, <laughs> uh, you know, what would you tell him about you know the things that would make him more happy and and more fulfilled in, in his work uh, in his work? Yeah, a great question. I had a situation when I was in grade school where I, I moved from one town to a new town, and and it was right when athletics was starting at school. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I came to school with no friends and feeling very intimidated, shy, scared of my new situation. But I found that I was very good at the game of basketball Hmm. Uh, and that by playing basketball and playing basketball, well, other students wanted to be with me and be my friend. And, and so so I, I found pretty quickly that by performing athletically, I could make friends and I could be popular and I could ha- have the kind of uh, status that I wanted. But what mm-hmm. I also learned is that it wasn't based on true relationships. People were just using me to try to get close to other people in the school or that they thought I could help their team win. And I didn't develop really true relationships with and true friendships with other members on the team. So if, if I was to go back to that uh, grade schooler again, I would I would tell him that it's more important to develop authentic relationships and to mm-hmm. have a birthday party, invite invite your friends over, or uh, uh, go out of your way to have hobbies outside of just sports or athletics with with other people on the team. Those types of things, instead of trying to perform and and play very well so that other people would like me, right? And mm-hmm. that's that's carried over to, into the professional world as well that um, I think it's very important that you have these relationships that are authentic versus um, what, what can I get or what can I give somebody in these relationships instead? Yeah, that is so true. Authentic relationships, that, that's ultimately the things that makes most of the difference uh, in life. Uh, yeah. It's a close community. And I um, very much agree with the, the fact that you know doing things that impress others uh, do not necessarily result in the fulfillment and, and happiness aspect that you want. You, you get the attention, you get the admiration, but uh, you know if just like you said, if it doesn't bring true friendships, then it, it's not really fulfilling. To to kind of summarize here, and this is my final question uh, for today, but. Is there anything based on your specific experience? It doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be, you know, like um, an advice that you would tell everyone. But just from your experience, um, is there anything you would recommend to people who are feeling burnt out or are just not happy in, in their work in general? Yeah, that's a common issue right now with the pandemic. People are more isolated than ever. It's very common right now for people to feel depressed, to feel anxiety, to lose the joy that they once had in their work. And I've certainly experienced all of those things as well. Mm-hmm. So th- th- I'll give you the same advice that I actually gave my wife here, who is feeling some of those very similar things. All right. That, 
and and that advice would be to focus on self-care to focus on things that would make you happy that are not at the expense of other areas of your life but to make the space for that so in her case she's an artist and had been talking for years about taking a pottery class to learn mm. how, how to create pottery it has it what makes no money for our family it is not anything that we would use for ourselves it's just for the pure enjoyment of doing something for herself and i really pushed and helped her find a local potter that has a, a kiln in the studio and she is about two months into pottery lessons every week where on monday mornings she goes for two or three hours and just creates these pots with her hands as a very novice beginner and she enjoys it she enjoys that she can go there she enjoys creating something she enjoys she can leave and not have to think about it or worry about it anymore and having something just as simple as that as bring bring a spark of life to, to her and helps her in her other daily tasks as well so that's huh. just a really small thing I'm, I'm trying to find the same thing for myself uh taking some cooking classes to learn how to cook a few new things using oh, a brain right. that i'm set in my brain i'm not normally using and I think those, those small things can make a big difference when you're looking to try to maintain good, good mental and emotional health. Wow. Well, that's really cool. Thank you. You know, if, if it's the same advice that you gave your wife, it must be the best advice. So uh, thank you for giving your best advice here. That's pretty cool. So self-care and focus on things that make you happy. And if there's anything that you kind of wanted to do for a very long time and you haven't done it, then you know, prioritize, go do it, and, and see what sort of difference it makes in, in your life. Awesome. Well, I'm just uh, truly grateful for your time today. It's been a while uh, since since we uh, caught up, and it, it's it's really good to talk to you. Thank Likewise. you so much for you know being open and vulnerable and and sharing what you are going through and and sharing uh, speaking from your heart, sharing your experience. It's been very insightful. Uh, so really appreciate that. Thank well, thank you for the opportunity, Kirill. And I appreciate the the invitation and the time zone difference allowed us to still connect here. So thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope it was useful for you. If you thought of someone who you think might need to hear some of this stuff, I encourage you to share this episode with them. Again, thanks for listening. And if you want to hear more fresh perspectives from other people, Leave me a comment or send a feedback note and I'll keep recording this and share what I learned from others. Have a terrific day.